It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere. And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Lucky Land Casino. Asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hello you miserable bastards and welcome to the Misery Hunters podcast. My name is Jamie Coburn and joining me is Craig Devine. Alright. And should be Ross Davidson who said that he'd be here five to ten minutes it would have took him about 40 minutes ago. So we're not quite <laughs> sure where he is. He's got lost, um, he's taking a shite, probably taking a shite. No one knows. He's definitely taking a shite. <laughs> So he may appear halfway through the podcast. We're not sure. We've told him that he's welcome to join at any time when we have started. But um, you'll hear him pinging in at some point. Uh, and I'm just going to read what I've written down in my notes, even though he's not here. So I've got an opening question for both of you. <laughs> so uh, last week, uh, Man City announced that they were putting a statue outside the Etihad for David Silva. What statue would you like to see outside St. Mon Park? Gus McPherson. No, I'm joking. <laughs> <laughs> I had to get that in. I had to get that in. You're just going to cancel this now, aren't you? Um, I mean, it'd be the most vandalised statue. Like, never mind what happened to the statues over the whole Black Lives Matter thing. Gus McPherson would be... <laughs> just have this... Just imagine this fucking raging, angry-looking statue just as you walk in Sitmer Park. <laughs> um... That's a good question. Uh, you probably have to go with something like, like Tony Fitzpatrick, I guess, wouldn't you? Mm. I mean, I know he's, he's, he's already got a stand named after him, so maybe to have a stand and a statue is a wee bit kind of overkill, but um, aye, for me, it'd probably Fitzy. Um, you could go for, for one uh, Danny Lennon, I guess. Well, it's hero. funny that you should say that, because... <laughs> My idea for a statue would be if you listen to the Open Goal podcast with uh, Lewis Morgan, where he said that uh, Danny Lennon loved doing insanity workouts in the gym in his pants. So I would like to see a statue of Danny Lennon in his pants outside St. Park. 
possibly holding the trophy in his pants, maybe pointing to a boat that's going to an island and some kids trailing off. I mean, it's a very elaborate statue, but... Gemma, Gemma piling it. <laughs> um, actually, I did listen to that this morning and um, I made the really terrible mistake. So um, I've kind of like converted my, my garage into a gym. Um, and I made the mistake of listening to it, in particular that part, <laughs> while I was lifting a heavy weight and I nearly choked myself to death. <laughs> nearly <laughs> dropped it on me. But I mean, that's the kind of thing you can imagine Danny Lennon doing. I mean, are we going to go visit Danny your... Lennon. Are we going to visit your home gym and see you in your pants doing an insanity workout? <laughs> you might. I'll not get a statue for doing it, but you might. And the only other statue I was thinking of was that um, three separate statues, each depicting the moments um, that the McGinn brothers were conceived. <laughs> so just like maybe a time and a place as well, like the maybe holiday and the positions. Like Costa del Sol, Doggy, Paul. <laughs> <laughs> Paul, missionary. <laughs> oh. Or on a serious note, I don't know who I'd get. Mark Yardley. Just Mark Yardley. Mark, Mark Yardley is a popular one. Um, I think a lot, both, both yourself and uh, I think what Ross was saying. Uh, did he say Yardley? He no, he said Barry, didn't he? In the group chat, yeah. We've no, still got his answer, Barry Levetti, because Barry he um, <laughs> Possibly, even what would be an amazing statue would be like Stephen Thompson. You know when he scored when he scored in the cup final, like that's that iconic. The, the face, I, yeah, the face. that would be quite uh, a good statue to have. Yeah, uh, was it the cathartic moment? Yes. Oh, hold on, he's signing on now. He's mentions. He's moaning about his dad, so. <laughs> oh, my, my dad appeared. Oh, okay, okay, cool. Nothing embarrassing, unfortunately. I don't want to wait and just leave silence until he appears and go, so what's your statue? <laughs> um, I'm try- I'll think of other statues, um, serious or funny, like... Um, Jose Katongo running off, and we could have the statue leading to the toilets. <laughs> just hold, try all these ostriches together. <laughs> if you could get that clenched look in a statue. Uh, God, you'd have to have some artist to do that, wouldn't you? Mm. I kind of think anybody else would really just Eric Jemba sitting with the youth team at Nando's, <laughs> telling them about how Ronaldo's going to come and visit at the end of the season. <laughs> <laughs> Just imagine them all sitting, shaking their heads at him, going, oh, all right, Eric. <laughs> I wonder if there was a few people going, oh, maybe he's right, but then as they went on, oh, man, this guy's full of shit. <clears throat> Where's Ronaldo? Oh. That's not Ronaldo. <laughs> Evening, gentlemen. Yes. Right. As we were saying, uh, I've already asked the opening question, Ross. Uh, statue outside St. Mon Park. Who would oh. you like to see? I think you know the answer to that. Barry Lavetti, Basher. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. So you're saying you wouldn't go for Jose to Cotongo running off the pitch holding his ass cheeks together? Only if that was the, uh, if that was the statue, then yes. The statue run, like leading to the toilet is to go, where's the toilet? Oh, just down by the Jose Cotongo statue? A statue with just a toilet away in the distance where that is another <laughs> statue. <laughs> but um, I'm sorry I'm late, lads. I just basically thought I would do it 
some team done the other week and no turn up. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> done at Ibrox. Well, you turned up eventually. Barry Levetti for me, he was a hero of me. Mine growing up, I think I've said a few times, it's sort of guy pretended I was in the playground and things like that. Shamefully, I think the club don't do enough to recognise a guy. The mm-hmm. last kind of true homegrown striker we've had. Uh, and one who still goes to the games, he's like a member of the 1877 club. You see him in there after games, you see him at matches, you see him out in the town. So he's clearly got love for the club. So it'd be nice to see something like get more involved with it because I've always felt that with St. Martin, with Aye. like we, we say we've got legends and stuff, but the club don't really do much with them. Yeah, I saw that in them because uh, they still make they make a big deal at a yardley all the time, quite rightly so. But mm-hmm. I live it, he's one that they kind of just skim over. Yeah, uh, I don't understand it unless it's from Barry's side that he, he just wants to be the guy in the background, but mm. which I can maybe understand. But um, a total legend to me, I, I think we should do everything we can to showcase these guys, as you say. You know, we picked Yardley and Lennon and Saturday for the game that's coming up, so mm-hmm. no reason why we can't pick Bashers, you know. Like, um, and the other statue I done was uh, three different statues, <laughs> all um, depicting when the McGinn brothers were conceived. <laughs> with, with with position and location, so it was like oh, doggy Costa del Sol. <laughs> Fucking hell, coordinates and all that. <laughs> Paul was missionary, wasn't he? Uh, <laughs> oh, he looks like a missionary baby, doesn't he? <laughs> uh, he's lights off, t-shirt still on, <laughs> sort of still on. Tom <laughs> McGinn was a drunken fumble. <laughs> <laughs> Stephen Stephen was obviously back in the day Benidorm still in their youth yeah going right at it <laughs> <laughs> on oh, the balcony <laughs> <laughs> definitely and uh, news today has broke that we have signed a new striker everybody was asking for were they asking for Christian Dennis um, I wouldn't I wouldn't say so Dennis the menace I know um, I was just saying uh, to Jamie before this all started that I just watched a, a highlight video that he, he did look really good in it. He's got a, a belt in a left foot. He's got a, an eye for goal and he seems to love a header. But I had to mute it because it was the, the fucking Dennis the Menace theme tune just playing over the top of it. And it was honestly, it was, it was pathetic. <laughs> that doesn't sound too clever. Although it's better than hardcore dance music that usually uh, coincides with those kind of videos. That's- See, that's what I was expecting, because at first I had the sound right down. I was like, okay, I know what's coming here, it's going to be a douche, 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 and then I turned it up, and I wish I'd just kept it down. Um, I think it's another left-field signing that Goodwin seems to like. Mm-hmm. Um, but by all accounts, his stats back him up. He's, uh, any reports, Twitter obviously only, but any comments for uh, fans of his ex-clubs rave about him and it can all be a Not, good thing, you know. Notts County paid a hundred and fifty grand for him only a couple of seasons ago, so still I, a decent amount of money. And I think he's kind of goal return uh, backs that price tag up a wee bit. Sometimes we've seen guys that have had a bit of money spent on them and they're just hopeless. But this guy seems to know where the goal is, you know. They're just over one in three, I think that he's mm-hmm. he's got a return for. But no, I'm, I'm with you. I love this total. Out of nowhere, signing that nobody yeah. apart from you know, obviously, the folk at the club know anything about until he actually turns up and signs for us. Um, I think uh, Jamie was probably a wee bit disappointed though that KD was not 
Karamoko <laughs> I was like, I, I didn't get the hints at all, and I'm like, I was like, where does that link in with the Dennis the Menace hint? Is it is it because he's small? Maybe he's a bit of a menace. I, don't know. I mean, you take him. I mean, he's played three games, and we don't actually know what he's like properly in the Premier League. But you still take him. That's I mean, I was more disappointed it wasn't Chebs. So. Oh, that's a shout, actually. I have to shamefully forgot about Chebs as a, the striking option, but hopefully he's. Uh... He does the business, but he's equally left field for the other players in the league. Mm-hmm. If you're mm-hmm. picking up guys like Tony Watt, who's played for everybody in their granny, centre halves know how to play against them. If, if this is a big random guy that nobody really knows about, it's a kind of unknown quantity, isn't it? So, yeah, there is a probably a word of caution, and I've seen quite a few comments saying I hear score loads of goals for you. We're really sad to see him go. Uh, I'm sure I've seen the exact same thing said about Marias last year. Oh, that's yeah, true, actually. As yeah. you also did say before we started recording, Marais' stats don't back up those arguments. Well, yeah, very true. Kind of does. Yeah. What I'm more intrigued about is we, we constantly see players signed from non-league. Um, we've seen it at our club and we've seen it at other um, clubs in the SPL. But we never really see them at that age. Usually they're quite young guys who want to try and make a step up, like 22, 23. This guy's 30, so he's definitely got the experience. And it'll be really interesting to see how he takes to the league. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, I totally agree with you. Mm-hmm. I think and there's a business to be made in uh, that kind of market, you know, I think Motherwell and uh, Inverness back in the day under John Hughes used that market excellently well, you know, really well and unearthed a few gems and, and made money off the back of them. All right, we're not going to make money off the back of them, but there's players to be had in there, mm-hmm. guys that will come up here and do a job. I always thought that about Terry Butcher when he was at Inverness, where he brought up a load of mm-hmm. like, unknown English players, and that was probably their most successful period. So. Yeah. Aye. I mean, I think your, your ideal scenario is you, you pick up an unknown for, for that level that's a lot younger and you are going to make a bit of money off of, but likewise, a guy that's, you know, is he, what, 30? 30. So he's, he's been around a wee bit. He's played, you know, as recently as a couple of weeks ago, so he's going to hit the ground kind of running, you would hope, um, mm-hmm. which is probably a lot more valuable to us than selling somebody on for, you know, a gentleman's agreement in two years' time. <laughs> um, yeah, two-year contract as well, which means we've got him, like, signed in. So hopefully he's mm. the goods. Um, other signings that we possibly could go for now, like, I'm pretty happy with the team shaping up. We did need another striker. That was evident. Yep. Um, I'd maybe like to see a winger, I think, has another winger ha- that has been said, like... Um, I think we might ask a little bit too much for Dermis sometimes, especially like switching the wings. It's not as easy as some people um, think it might when we take like McKenzie off or we'll, we'll just put Dermis in there and we'll bring someone else on. You would never ask like... Um, McKenzie again? You know, are we signing a, a winger called McKenzie and you're keeping yep. this under your hat? That's exactly it. I just keep slipping it. <laughs> I McAllister, I meant like uh, it's not as easy just swapping wing and expecting them to do the same job. So seeing another player come in in that position would be quite nice. Yeah, I agree. A kind of guy kind of roasted me today on Twitter when I suggested we needed another winger, and uh, he put a few decent points across, showing what Flynn can play there and McGinnis can play there, McGrath can play there, but. Yes, they can play there, but they're not out and out wingers. I, I don't think Aye. you know. I, so. I don't. I don't like McGinnis out on the wing. No, me either. Uh, McGrath has shown that he plays better one in. Mm-hmm. Yep. Flynn's a central midfielder. Um, all right, they can fill a hole in there, which especially Flynn's done it in a number of uh, positions. But I just want a 
an out-and-out winger, similar to what we've got in the left with Dunmish, you know, an actual mm-hmm. winger that is, is proven out there. That is my whole point. And I think if we get somebody like that, that's the squad complete. I agree with James. Mm-hmm. But we've still got, what, six or seven weeks left to go of the, the window with the way it's kind of shaping up and we're obviously now going to just be dipping into the load market to kind of supplement yeah. the squad. So I, I'm, I'm going to say ecstatic, but it's just weird being this happy, you know, in mid-August with the way the squad is. Yeah, it's definitely positive. I think this is definitely probably going to be our last permanent signing. Like, I'd be surprised if we went into someone else. Um, with England's, um, their leagues kicking up in October, I think there'll be a lot of squads being assessed over the next few weeks of who they're going to keep and who could possibly be loaned out. And mm-hmm. I think that's where we'll tap into just fill in some gaps and add a bit more depth into the squad. Just fill here and there and possibly get another winger. That'd be quite nice. Yeah, I agree with you. I agree with Craig as well. It's a strange uh, position to be in, you know, really confident in what we've seen so far. And then the squad going forward, it's it's hard to... Uh, but it's strange to even just pick one position that we need to fill to complete a squad. Normally it's five or six. Mm-hmm. Um, it's a really odd position to be in, but a good one, you know. Yep, definitely. And uh, moving on to, we'll, we'll not talk about the Rangers game just yet. We'll talk about the win. Uh, a one-nil win against Hamilton. Um, I've, I was working on Saturday, so I didn't actually watch the full 90 minutes. I've only seen the highlights. Um, but I was relatively happy from what I saw we looked um, like we've looked like we've still got a, a brilliant keeper in Anik um, we created some amount of chances and we were saying oh, what from what it looked like we just need a striker with a bit more confidence to put that in the net hopefully uh, Dennis does that for us um, I, I, Marius looked very lively but he reminded me of Bohokin's first game for us where he kept shooting at every chance he got and it just was not working for him Aye, he seemed really frustrated that it wasn't getting in, and I did hear and the the benefit of if there is a benefit at all of the crowds not being as that you can hear everything the players are shouting. So I heard, oh, well done, Junior, good on you, Junior. And eventually, I'm pretty sure it just turned to fuck's sake, Junior. <laughs> um, I, think, uh, I was echoing those comments sitting in the couch watching them. It's aye, I've seen a lot of people saying the wee man's trying too hard, and I get that to an extent, but he's been trying too hard for a season and a bit now. He should be hitting the target there, you know. He's no, he's no a new signing anymore. Mm-hmm. Should, uh, he's got a better run of form. He knows how to play up here now. And some of the chances were clear cut, and you know, even making the goalie work is criminal. I think. Aye, there was there was one in particular he done really well, where he kind of brought the ball down and took it to the right past the defender, and then when he shot, it just curled about a mile away from the mm-hmm. goal, and I just thought, fuck's sake. I, I was just about to point out that one as well. All he needed to do was look up. He did not look up. He thought he was Aye. he'd got his positioning all wrong from where he, I, I think he presumed the goals were, because mm-hmm. um, his head was down and he just he hits the ball and it, like one little look up and that I, I'd say that's probably in as a goal. Mm-hmm. Aye, I think um, one we go or one once one goes in, it will settle him down a bit. You know, it just some of them, it just should be hitting the target. There's no excuses with them. You know, they seen the one against Livingston. You can't excuse that either. But I thought outside of that, I thought he actually was okay. So his hold up play was better than Obika's. I thought. Mm-hmm. Uh, and in fairness, I think it was. I'm sure it was Junior's knockdown that that ended up kind of leading to the the goal when it kind of slaffed across the Tate and then Tate put it in. 
um, you know, not put it in, but put the assist in for a beaker. Um, but yeah, he just he's it's like as I said, he just tries too hard. I think he really needs a goal. But even if he gets a goal, I don't think he's going to go on a, a run just based on what we've seen so far. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, I agree with you. I think as I said, if he scores, it will settle him down a bit. But I don't think he's a prolific goal scorer. Mm-hmm. Um, it might calm him down a bit in terms of playing a wee bit better or whatever and getting that monkey off his back. But I agree with Craig. He's, he's certainly not going to rattle in ten a season. I don't think. But it was good play for a beaker's goal. Started off with him. It just looks like a ball across and for a Obika tap in. But Obika, he lost his man and made that run to the the front post. Uh, they kind of switched off and he knocked it in. It was a it was a good move, really intelligent run from Obika. He's good at that, you know. I just think the rest of his game on Saturday wasn't quite up to the mark. I didn't think. Yeah, it looks like we'll have a. Uh... Well, a sort of real asset from set pieces um, with uh, Shaughnessy, like from corners, any f- balls getting whipped into the box, he looks very dangerous, which I kind of think reiterates the point that we might need another winger, like just to help deliver some more quality crosses into the box. Like, because um, he's getting in these positions, we just need to consistently provide it for him, and, uh, uh, and we'll see a few goals like Gary McKenzie done for us where the, the bank of Shaughnessy might open soon. <laughs> I got the right player that time. I didn't say, the, <laughs> didn't say McAllister from McKenzie. Um, no, I agree with you. It's a, it's a good point. I think delivery for dead balls, good from McPherson, Dermis and uh, Kyle McKenzie. <laughs> but, um, I think from open play, from the other side of the park, you're right. I think a natural winger that can deliver the ball um, onto Shaughnessy's head it's a, it's a great asset uh, so we need to maybe find somebody that can do that I thought he was exceptional on Saturday once he again and he oh, yeah. won everything I mean I read a few times that he can't really handle big men uh, big strikers big men uh, he can't <laughs> handle big strikers and he really toils against them but that's Dykes and then the two lads at, at Hamilton that he just back pocket stuff you know he was outstanding mm-hmm. You know, Dyke's the two million pound man. That's a big man yeah. for him to deal with. <laughs> <laughs> um, I didn't, obviously I only watched the highlights, so I, I, there was bits that I didn't really get to see. Um, was uh, Nathan Sheridan played at centre back, or was no. Foley pushed back at centre back? Foley was the centre half. Foley was centre half. Foley was back. I thought Sheridan had a good game as well. I thought he was all over the place, especially in the second half um, when we probably needed it more because it was it was very much a a game of two halves. I thought maybe mm-hmm. we should have been four or five up if, if maybe not four or five, but we should have been a couple up at the end of the first and then the second half we were clinging on at points. That boy that came on for Hamilton kind of changed the game a wee bit for them. Um, yeah. The one that was up against Tate, it was uh, Justin Johnson. Mm-hmm. He came on, they gave him a, a, quite a bit of trouble until they kind of clattered him and then he was, he was quite quiet after that. <laughs> I, I thought um, I totally agree with what you said I thought Sharon's a really good game one of those guys you don't notice mm-hmm. until you think back and you think he was everywhere he, he was really well he, he covered the full backs when, when Tate and uh, Fraser went forward just saying the second half and we're up against it and he was putting the tackles in when they were needed and uh, it looks to be a, a good signing or based on the back of one game I'm not going to mark him up against Rangers I thought everybody was yeah, I thought most like, but I thought he was good against Hamilton. I thought, uh, particularly playing in Goodwin's position, he's going to learn every day off Goodwin and get schooled mm-hmm. in that. So it's a good start for him. 
here's how you properly deliver an elbow. Um, <laughs> it's good to good to hear that because like I, I, a lot of people like on social media were writing him off like after the performance against Rangers, and that's such a tough game to um, judge a player who's never played in the Scottish League before. Like this is his first game for St. Murn. He hasn't played in so long, and he's up against Rangers, which is a tough task in it's within itself. And to then say, ah, he's rotten and right, like as so many Sutton fans like to do, is write them off immediately. Um, it's nice to see that he actually has something about him. And, yeah. Aye, but we, we seem to have a thing about writing players off immediately. I mean, the, the guy that signed the day, obviously, uh, Christian Dennis, the folk will be writing him off before he's kicked a ball for us just because they, oh, they don't aye. like that he, you know, he, he scored 15 goals but only had five assists or something ridiculous, you know what I mean? Aye. Big lump of wood, and that'll be tweeted a good 400 times after these one game, you know. I mean, the amount of people that were people were writing them off on Facebook because they had Union Jack pillows. <laughs> For fuck's sake, <laughs> I just think, um, well, to be fair, no, he's got a point now. <laughs> I've seen uh, a few tweets about Sharon being out his depth and whatever, and the whole team were deplorable, you know. I, I, Sharon seemed to get it because it was a fresh face and it was the first time we've seen him, but. He mm-hmm. could label anybody that day at Ibrox. I mean, it's really t- they're a tough support to please, you know, off the back of 90 minutes against Rangers, real back-to-the-wall stuff, you know. I thought that was quite poor taste. But yeah, the boy getting slated for that, you know. Yeah. Oh, oh sorry. No, you I was going to say, I was, um, was going to kind of have a rant about Rangers after the game, but I've calmed down a lot since we obviously went out and won at the weekend. But... Um, I was just I was a wee bit pissed off at the kind of the manner that we we approached the game in because it was after all all good when chat you know um, I regret that we we kind of set up too negatively last season and we we haven't any reason not to take the game to that kind of team and then we turned up and did exactly that we we just sat back and let them walk all over us and I I was quite pissed off after the game aside for maybe well no maybe definitely Anik and. McGrath had a, an alright game at times. Um, yeah, there was a point. There was a point. Um, I remember, and I, I don't even notice it during the time of the game. I remember seeing it in the highlights. McGrath, um, I think he beat Hadji and then um, possibly Barisic or something like that down one of the wings, and then he was fouled for a free kick just outside the box, and it was some great play that like that he was causing that issue. And I think we were two 0 down at the time, so. Mm-hmm. Um, to see that his head's not dropped and he's still trying to push forward for for the very few positives that were actually out of that game, it was quite nice to see. Yeah, he's another one that played well against Hamilton, actually, just to give him a shout-out. Yeah, he's been excellent since the season started. But I agree with everything Craig said there. I mean, I was absolutely fuming after the Rangers game. The way we set up, just Goodwin feeding his shite about uh, treating uh, teams with too much respect and then... We go, we set a team up like that at Ibrox. And I mean, if you're getting fed all this nonsense about top four, and well, go and have a go, you know. I mean, these are guy, these are teams in the top four. If you want to get in there, then I'm not saying we're going to turn Rangers over at Ibrox, but a bit of desire, you know. Mm-hmm. It's just infuriating. There's points where at one point in the first half, Tate had the ball in the halfway line. We could have started a counter or an attack of some sort, and he just turned around and hammered it. The full length of the or full half a pitch back to Annick. I think that's just so defeatist. We might as well just forfeit games against the old firm every season if we're going to do that. 
I, he made some comments kind of after the game as well that pointed to you know we'll set up similarly um, the way we did today when we play Celtic. Obviously, the game never went ahead because I can ball and goalies are funny. I went to, went to Spain for his hole. <laughs> went, went to Malaga. <laughs> I know. Like, was, was, was that, is that the true story? Because I heard there was talks about him like possibly trying to get a move to Malaga. No, but apparently he was in a ten grand a night hotel with a, a female or whatever, but. Surely in the city of Glasgow and the app of Tinder, he could have got somebody up to his flat <laughs> in Bodwell without having to shut half a Scottish football down. Well, it's quite funny when people go, oh, this fucking Scottish football's a joke because of all this kind of stuff. But if anyone, like, I don't really follow the NBA much, but if anyone uh, wants to see that this is not a Scottish football issue and it's just footballers and sports stars being fucking idiots, look what's happened there. So they've got a private, like, I think it's Disneyland, essentially, right, like, yeah. resort. And... <laughs> There's um, girls like sharing Instagram messages from like NBA stars that are trying to get them to come in for orgies and shit. <laughs> have they not had to? If they not had to implement some kind of rule that you're you're not allowed, it has to be like a designated person, so like, like a, a designated hooker or something. Basically, <laughs> <laughs> but it has to be a, a designated person that you know previously. So you've, if it's somebody that you've never met before, you can't just invite them up. <laughs> against the rules they've had to bring that in because they're all just at it uh, one of those few... ones have, do you know this player yeah I'm his gran <laughs> <laughs> I've been a few stag dudes my mates have been designated because the weekend <laughs> <laughs> I hope <they're, laughs> they don't listen to the podcast um. <laughs> <laughs> probably not no. if they do then they know who they are <laughs> um, what, one of the things going back to the game <laughs> one of the things I think I noticed at the Rangers game and I don't know if this was the whole thing about maybe giving the teams too much respect, where, like, last season we saw when we got the ball, we immediately kicked it up the field to aim it at Bika and watched Abika struggle to get to the area where that ball was kicked. Um, we were far too casual on the ball at some points. Um, Tate, like, um, Fraser, were the, like, even Foley at one point, where he just kind of casually stopped to kind of look at where to play the pass. People are shouting man on and he's just took way too much time, lost the ball and we've given them a free kick or a chance from it. That, that happened like three or four times. I, I just think the players looked as scunnered as the fans were with the way we were set up. Mm-hmm. They just looked as if they went out there knowing they're going to shoulder a defeat here and they, they couldn't be asked. I mean, guys like Foley had a really poor game, I thought. As you said, he was all, all over the place. Folks shouting man on, he wasn't releasing the ball. It just looked as if they, t- they took the hat for the defeat and whatever happened, happened, you know. It was a, a really strange performance, I thought. Mm-hmm. Uh, we, we tend to, well, we always kind of treat the games as free hits, but to be doing that, you know, the second game of the season when when your, your managers openly spoke about not doing that kind of thing, it's, it, it did leave a kind of sour taste, but I guess it made up for it a wee bit of the weekend when we yeah. picked up but the points. People are saying that it won't define our season results like that, and a hundred percent agree. But there's there's ways and means of going about fixtures like that, as you've seen yeah. other teams do over the years. Kelly, especially, I know the pitch had a, a, a great deal to do with that. But Kelly played Celtic at home and stifled them, and actually played football a wee bit. So there's no reason why we can't at least attempt to do that at home, maybe a wee bit away. But I just. I'm the same as Craig. It just Saturday. It took to Saturday for me to calm down. I think from that defeat, I was really angry about it. 
Um, should we have a penalty? Not for me, no. I think he's, oh. he's, he's trying to win that. He's dangled his leg in. He's 95% outside the box. He's, he knows he knows what he's doing. He knows exactly what he's, he's trying to achieve. I don't think that was a penalty. I think we'd be pretty pissed off if it was against us. Okay, However, cool. Andrew Dallas could have just guessed like he did for two of the other one, uh, yeah. two of the four he did, the other fixture. So, um, yeah. no, no penalty for me. I would agree with that, but I it's uh, surely we're our old one there after the, the last time out we fucking how many was it like seven or something? <laughs> I think <laughs> it gets like added on like in ten years' time. We're like, oh, there was this time this referee gave five hundred penalties against St. Martin in the one match. <laughs> it's, it's like that goal Yardley scored against Martin at Capello. He beat about three players and scored. But every time you tell the story, it's like you beat like, the full team. I beat nine guys, including the subs. <laughs> we, we talked about that recently. We done a podcast for the terrace. Um, I don't actually think it's out yet, but it was the greatest Simon moments, and I put that as one of my moments. And I think I said they beat five players, but um... <laughs> honestly, it's, it's uh, that would go down as one of my favourite moments as well. Unbelievable goal. Um, but I uh, think back. I mean, he's, he's probably beat the fullback, and then the centre half and that's it but when you I think mean, about it it feels we've like never recorded for TV so we'll never get to see it again I know it's strange but um, ah, it's like one of those ones over the years it'll be six or seven penalties that Andrew Dallas gave Aye How refreshing was it that we had a commentator that actually done his research and knew what he was talking about That's what I was going to bring that up I was quite surprised that he said early on that you know uh, oh I'm surprised uh, what was it he said I'm surprised Andrew Dallas is the referee today considering they gave four penalties last time these teams Uh, (laughs) He says it was a bit strange that 18 uh, 18 months ago he's allowed to be refereeing this game again you were like whoa (laughs) I wasn't expecting that at all I mean I kind of went I was hoping you were going to bring this up because I wanted just to have another big stream digital because they're fucking shite Um, (laughs) and I thought the, the unfortunately I think the Rangers TV coverage was actually pretty decent um, I was only listening to it because I couldn't get the, the Mark Yardley audio working for St. Run TV but there's a surprise I was just going to say similar to you guys I was surprised that we even got a mention of Tildesley and mm-hmm. uh, Kevin Thompson a bit respectful actually so I think mm-hmm. that Tom commentator guy that usually does it will need to have a word in Tildesley's ears that don't do that up here. No respect is showing up for your eyes. I know, and that was the crazy thing. Like, see on um, Twitter, that Tom commentator, he tweeted something, and there was about a hundred tweets about saying Clive Tilsley gave Sitman too much respect. We shouldn't even be talking about those animals and all this. Oh, you're joking! <laughs> it was honestly go back and find it on Twitter. It is very funny. I was expecting uh, Thompson to go. Uh, What's the folly doing, Tom? <laughs> <laughs> But you've just also reminded me of another possible statue that we should have outside St. Mon Park. Jim Goodwin as Neptune holding a trident. <laughs> oh, God, that was a bit weird, wasn't it? Really odd, eh? <laughs> Fair well, play. We'll take, we'll take compliments when we can get them, you know? But it, it just shows you, like, someone like that who actually put in a little bit of research when you've got, like, John Hartson on Sky, like, punditry, who has famously said that he's not got time to research the other teams you know like these guys have got a voice in our game and Clive Tilsley's done one match and he's already talked more sense and more um, balance than any of our sports pundits have done for the past few years I think uh, that's uh, it's really poor the guys in the BBC are similar guys like Pat Bonner and Derek Ferguson and 
really, uh, really poor that they they say like uh, oh, the boy from St Mum or mm-hmm. that that Kelly left back. You think if I know who those guys are and I watch them every other week, and it's your job, your task to know the St Mum left back as mm-hmm. Richard Tate, it's just it's embarrassing. That's yeah. why we get. That's uh, why the the piss is taken out the league or the comments so much. Mm-hmm. I mean, is it really that difficult to find out the first eleven or something? Mm-hmm. Or we can't get stripes in the back of the strip because the guys that uh, do the commentary can't identify who the someone players are. Yeah. It, you know what I mean? And it's they don't even bloody try even with the stripes off the back. They all nah, still... these guys get paid a fortune to spout shit. You know, that's why it's, it was refreshing to hear Tilsley. He's obviously mm-hmm. done his research. New stats about Simon as well, which was great, rather than just, again, uh, the, the Simon number 10, a uh, good shot from him, things like that. Uh, the, thing that the thing that Chris Sutton does is where every time Simon's playing on BT Sport, he just goes, Kyle McAllister, he's a good player. And he just says about how important he is, even though he's been ranked rotten for most of the season. You're like, mate, come on. I, can uh, I know, because he's appeared down south somewhere or... You know, it was a, a really good uh, kind of professional product until it got to half time and fucking oh, yeah, like, they turned up at the just immediately. Way. I don't even know what to say they turned the TV down at that point. Oh, I know, I turn that way when I see his baldy gripping. <laughs> it's quite funny, that's our most popular post that we've ever done was just the fuck Alex Ray. <laughs> oh, fuck Alex Ray. I think if I lose this tattoo bit, I'm just going to get fuck Alex fuck Ray. Alex Ray. <laughs> <laughs> Somewhere. <laughs> I mean, you're, right, you're definitely in the leading line for this tattoo. I know. Uh, the, uh, what happened? Because I was fucking dead last for the first Celtic, two weeks. The Celtic Navardine fixtures getting cancelled totally scunnered me. So, um, I, 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 had, I had to sacrifice a few points to, to swap some players out to, to make up for <laughs> it. And I think it paid off. I had a decent week. I think you've got Barisic, haven't you? Which um, was a good few points. Aye. I feel like a scumbag, though, putting in an old firm player. I know, plenty of time to go with me, don't worry. <laughs> it's like I'm all, like, I'm, I absolutely suck at fantasy football, but my knowledge of Scottish football is good enough that I know I can like that. So that's why I'm in three leagues where whoever comes bottom has to get a tattoo. And I'm quietly confident that I will not be at bottom of any of those three leagues. <laughs> I, hope, I hope you finish bottom in all three and you nice. have to get three tattoos. Well, I'm topping two I. of them and then I'm top at us three, so. Yeah, <laughs> I know, I'm impressed with our selections actually with the three years and we get good teams I think it's just waiting for the league to settle down a bit and then the points will start it's, coming in it's all fucked again as soon as somebody else tests positive or gives out <laughs> to go and get their hole for fucking staying or whatever the <laughs> designated prosy <laughs> so um we got a question on Twitter a couple of weeks ago um not had a chance to go through it yet but um this was from Paul Kelly at Mirren Mad on um on Twitter uh, do you lads have claim to fame about being a buddy? I worked on the tower crane on the council building in Paisley and on the day they vote for the new stadium, the police thought I was a St. protester and tried to arrest me. So, <laughs> do we have claims to fame? Uh, I've got a couple of really shite ones that I could talk about. On you go. Um, I'll go for the shitest one. Um, that was probably one of the best moments of my life. Um, bumping into Jim Goodwin outside Cushion one night. I think I've told this story before. Um, Tell it again. <laughs> so I was, I was on my way, I was living in Glasgow at the time, I was on my way back for fives in Paisley at the pits, uh, and I had to see one of these that were, see the, the, the Zara kind of hold-alls yeah. that you got? 
and uh, all I hear all of a sudden is this strong Irish accent going, oh, hey, St. Mirren, St. Mirren. I'm not going to try and do the accent. I, I started trying to do the accent and immediately regretted it. <laughs> I think most uh, people think you're Irish anyway with that accent you've got. I say, yeah, it's shut <laughs> it, eh? Uh, aye, St. Mirren, St. Mirren, no, come here, come here, St. Mirren. So I turned around this fucking Jim Goodwin, like, <laughs> stumbling out of cushion. <laughs> Comes up to me, just shakes my hand, goes, oh, good man, good man. You, you, the game at the weekend, and I'm sitting in my head going, I'm sure this was like a Tuesday night. I'm like, are we not playing tomorrow night? And you get fucking hammered. <laughs> um, so that was all right. And then probably the other one is just stalking Cornell Newton um, after the cup win. So we were in Vienna's and for some reason we managed to get upstairs to the players' lounge. I don't know how. Um, the bouncer guy let us up and I promised him that I would I'd name my firstborn after him and I've not got a clue what the guy's name is. <laughs> Sorry, the bouncer. Um, I think you were talking about Connor Newton. No, no, the, the, <laughs> the guy that let us up as well. I, I will name my firstborn after you for this. Uh, so we ended up in the players' lounge getting pictures by like Teal and Isma and uh, Connor Newton and all that. But Connor Newton must have been terrified of me because everywhere I went that night, and I didn't do it on purpose. I bumped into him everywhere in Vienna's, but <laughs> in the smoking bit and the toilets. <laughs> <laughs> at one point he just looked at me and he just had this feed in his eyes of just please fucking leave me alone <laughs> you, you just literally inserted a random memory that I forgot about in Paddy's the next day Connor Newton randomly handed me three ice cubes on which that I put down Paul Dummett's back and I, I, I just forgot about that until you said that That's as I said before or after you, you made Facial love to Stevie Thompson. Mate, he made facial love to me. <laughs> ah, he's, he's quite, uh, quite an emotional guy, Tomo, isn't he? Literally, like, see, so I think most people have seen the photos of me and Tomo. That Aye. only happened, like, I, I was walking to the toilet in Paddy's and he was just there and he turned around and looked at me and I was like, mate, let's just hug it out. So anytime <laughs> he walked by me after that night, he would just go, man, hug it out. And I swear we had maybe like, 10 hugs that lasted over 10 minutes while everybody's just walking about just singing and dancing and steaming we're just like almost slow dancing in the middle of parties <laughs> it was a good night what a night that was I love long in the memory of that claim to fame Ross any um, I was trying to think about this and the only one I can think of which I think is quite kind of niche my claim is of scoring the last ever goal at Love Street ooh this would be a pub quiz question. Uh, well, <laughs> it's not as sexy as it sounds, to be honest. We, uh, me and my mate were driving past Love Street uh, just after it closed. And uh, the kind of knockdown was happening and whatever, and we noticed the gate was open. So we drove in, got out, roamed about the park, looking at things, managed to nick a seat or two and in the tunnel in the, in the dressing room having a look Check about statue of limitations by the way of whether you're allowed to be telling the story um, I actually took my own seat um, yeah. which I've still got actually it's quite um, mine and my, my dad's seat anyway in the tunnel looking in the dressing room bits and pieces we kind of daft bits of memorabilia pair of somebody's Adidas Predators got a hold of them um, anyway so after that putting the stuff in the car we noticed that there was a I set of the, now remember the subs used to, to train and a spare set of goals next to the mm-hmm. the actual set of goals yeah they were still up at the Love Street end still rickety pair of goals and my mate had a, a ball in his boot so I said listen dive in goals and I'll have a shot in it and I'll score 
And so I can say I was the last guy to ever score at Love Street. So had a shot, scored the goal, celebrated front of the Love Street end as if I was, again, Barry Levetti back in the day <laughs> in the motor and up the road. So to this day, I've thought, I wonder if anyone's ever done it after me or am I the guy who scored the last goal at Love Street before it came down? Because it wasn't long, it was maybe about a week, half a week before like, the bulldozers came in, things like that. So there you go. If you if you think that you were the last person to score at Love Street, tweet at Misery Hunters and we'll find <laughs> out. We need dates, times, proof. <laughs> so when you see Craig Dargo's photograph up in the main reception of the new ground, last ever goal against yeah, Love Street against Motherwell, it's, it's totally incorrect. So what, what we'll do for you, Ross, is we'll print a sticker of your face. <laughs> and then we'll, we'll, next time any of us are walking by it, we'll just... So you on. see like the... Uh, the North Bank stickers or the, the Union Bear stickers, you should get one of them next time somebody's at hospitality. Yep. Just stick my face on the Craig. <laughs> <laughs> but that's but, my only fame, I think, other than there might be wee bits and pieces that I forgot, but that's probably my most talked about. It's a, it's a better story than uh, getting a restraining order <laughs> off a of Connor Newton anyway. I mean, uh, there's... Won't be that when the, the uh, detective from Mill Street listens to this and taps <laughs> <helps> my door. <laughs> Like the the only ones I've kind of got is like one that was already mentioned on the podcast before, where I stole the corner flag at Aloha and said that I was my name was Jamie Bell, which was I don't remember that the dude for um what was uh, it? Is that another Billy guy Elliot? from Billy Elliot? <laughs> <laughs> um, I don't even uh, know why I said that name. Like I forgot about that until you told me that was the name I said, Craig, and I was like, oh, I don't know. <laughs> um, uh, major. Uh, I think I convinced Barry John Cornott to sign for us. I remember being absolutely what, the big, big goalie that played with Celtic. I I think he was at Stranraer at the time, and I was and it was round about absolutely steaming. And you know at Stranraer Stadium, like when you're behind the goals, you're like you could like slap the goalkeeper. You're that close. Mm-hmm. And we were mean whoever this random guy was. I think that was on the supporters bus. We're giving him absolute dogs abuse for no reason, <laughs> just absolutely. And I'm pretty sure he rejected a contract two weeks later from us. So. <laughs> I don't know if that's anything to do with me, but you be dick. <laughs> I know. Uh, but other than like pitch invasions and being at games, like pivotal games in our history and stuff like that, I've not really got. I stole the ball boys jersey. Um, Stan Ran went on as a ball boy for fifteen minutes. I remember that? That's <laughs> um, uh, My mate. I went to school with Mark McCausland. Played with someone. That's another claim to fame. But I nutmegged them at school. There we I'd go. Maybe uh, keep that under wraps. He's not exactly there. <laughs> the golden boy that Barry Levey is, is he? So, <laughs> yeah, not bad. If you uh, if you have any other questions like that for us, get in touch via Twitter at Misery Hunters, and we'll we'll try and talk about it on the next podcast. Um, before we leave, um, you might have heard a wee thing at the start of the podcast. I wasn't aware it was already out there. That um, if you wish to donate to the podcast you can um, uh, minimum three pounds one off donation you can donate as much as you want it's very appreciative appreciative but it also made a lot of sense that it was at the start of the podcast because i set it up like two weeks ago didn't share it was just planning oh we could introduce this at some point and someone already gave us a donation before i even mentioned it so thanks to whoever that was you can write your name in but it was whoever donated was anonymous but um, if you wish to also donate us, we have running costs. It'd be very nice and we'd be very appreciative of it. Uh, the link is in the bio and I'll shove it on Twitter as well. Just as a... Yeah, please do. I'm still on furlough, so <laughs> every little helps. 
<laughs> Not that you get worth any of the money that will come in because it will go straight <laughs> in my bank account. <laughs> hey, I, I've picked up, I've picked up an alcohol habit during this whole fucking lockdown. I think it's expensive. Aye. These cans of Moretti don't buy themselves. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, uh, until next time, um, fuck Alex Ray. Fuck Alex Ray. And Tom English, actually, can add that in. Yeah, okay. Fuck Tom English. <laughs> I fuck him too. And fuck Alex Ray. Fuck Alex Ray. Podcast Network. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.